Hey, Tau Lights, and welcome back to another great edition of Tau Light Talk. Uh, this is Chris. This is Casey. This is Moses. And we're here to continue our lifelong discussion of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, this is the third part, the third round of talking about this movie. Uh, so, you know, let's, let's get down to it. I, we can't really get into... Uh, too much of a current events or what we're reading or anything like that because we know that this uh, this podcast could last probably like ten hours if we uh, kept talking. So, um, let's, as, as let's a up. reminder again, we're probably going to have some spoilers. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yes. throw that out there. <laughs> Though, if you know, now it's in its uh, third week, going into its fourth week. I'm hoping that most people have seen it, unless you're Chinese. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, how many? Uh, let me throw out a question. Uh, how many times have you guys seen it since? Uh, What's now three weeks? We did the podcast about two weeks ago. What's your what's your what's your numbers? Still three, still three. And unfortunately, I'm still at one. Um, trying to see it. Just the holiday's been busy, but yeah, I'm definitely catching it in the next like week or so again. There you go. Yeah, I I, I got to see it again over the Christmas weekend. Um, so that's that's number three for me. So we are we're tied there, Casey. I most to pass you. Yeah, <laughs> you you may try. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, let's let's really talk about the numbers of this movie. So in the third weekend, uh, just reported this uh, this 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 afternoon, uh, it's it's reached eight eight point three million dollars over the weekend, uh, which is which is you know is astronomical. Once again, for a, a December release, uh, a movie in its third week, especially. Um, what What are your uh, reads out, Casey? Let's go to you because uh, you do the weekend roundup every Monday. So maybe you want to kind of cover this before you write about it for tomorrow. I was actually writing it up tonight um, before you guys jumped on. So we're recording this on January third. So at this time, it has, like Chris said, eighty-eight point three million um, in its third weekend here in the domestic box office. Um, total U.S. box office is at $740.3 million. Um, that makes it the highest, well, sorry, the second biggest domestic release. It just beat out Titanic, which is insane because Titanic is, what, like 20 years old at this point, and it just took this long to get there. Um, Avatar holds the record at uh, I think it, it's 760 million. So, I mean, really, we need another 20 million. We'll probably get that by Tuesday. By Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, really, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, this week for sure, it will be Avatar domestically. Now, the really interesting thing is international. It's at 1.5 uh, 1 billion, which puts it, I believe, in the fifth position overall. Um, I'm not exactly sure. It's close to it. But what uh, what's interesting about that is that China, which is the second biggest marketplace in the entire world, projected to be the number one biggest movie marketplace by next year, it has not opened up yet. It's supposed to open up on January 9th. When that opens up on January 9th... It's blow everything away. It has the potential, if we're at $760 million, in, or sorry, $740 million in three weeks, that means China is like just waiting to see this movie. 
China has the potential to bring it up potentially, and I'm going to lowball this another 400 million to I would say 600 million by the end of its run. And do I think it's going to be Avatar? Avatar's all-time highest is uh, 2.77 billion. I don't know because Avatar, like that's insane. I do think it's going to be Titanic, which is 2.1 something uh, billion dollars, and that's the second biggest movie internationally of all time. You also have to understand that Titanic had a re-release in theaters a couple of years ago that added to that number. Yeah. And just a reminder, does that that just includes theatrical costs, right? No, like Blu-ray sales and stuff? Correct. Yeah, this is the theatrical cost. Um, another uh, little numbers, by the numbers tidbit, um, so Disney bought Lucas um, film for $4 billion. So it's down $4 billion. At this moment... Uh, the sales were just finally released for Battlefront, and you can listen to our Battlefront podcast where Chris and I talk all about it. Battlefront has already sold, I want to say, uh, 200 million copies of the game. Right, Chris? I heard, like, I th- yeah, it was either two or 300 million. I think it was, like, closer to 300. Yeah, which is so... an insane amount of... <laughs> yeah, it's games. an insane amount of copies. So here's the other thing about that, right? That's not... I mean, it is including some season passes, but the season pass hasn't come out yet, so people can still buy that. People can still go and buy other DLC if they want to. So right there, they've made... I don't know how much money, but between... I do know this. Between the movie and the video game, and that's it, they've already made $2.2 billion of that $4 billion back. That is not including the numbers of merchandising, which is... You know, the fucking clothing, the toys. It's probably, yeah. That's, I mean, that's... they probably have made $4 billion, legit. They just haven't been able to add up with the Christmas holiday season just how much merchandise they sold. And I mean, as you all know, you walk into any store, almost in any aisle, you will find something Star Wars related. Fact. Not to mention, like, with the holidays that just passed, everything was sold out. I mean... Oh, I had yeah. some, you know, I have some like Star Wars stuff, whether it be a book or a game or a Lego thing, in my wish list on Amazon, and it was like because they're in the cart. Every time I logged in, you know, to buy something else, I just let let them hang in the cart until I want to get them. Yep. Uh, they, you know, the cart would update me. Oh, this went, you know, this is unavailable from that seller, and like the prices for those were going up on top of that because you would have all these stores that were realizing. It's been sold out anywhere, so they're racking their prices up on Amazon. Um, so I mean, clearly everything was selling like crazy. I mean, that that's their biggest, you know, money making thing right there. Yeah, it's um, Chris can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I it's funny because I, after I saw the movie at home, uh, we went over to the grocery store and I I decided to walk around and take pictures of um, everything I could find. I I took at least twenty pictures. From like bags of apples to to bottled water to to like spaghettios. Um, I know. So I mean, it's everything. yeah, it's on everything, and um, it's it's crazy. And I just I, I think eventually I want to I would I do want to write an article about that because it's 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 and maybe we should podcast about it <laughs> because it's like it's spaceballs reborn. And it's, no, it's, it's, it's it's it is it's crazy, but it's 
it's awesome um, to know that you know this movie has uh, just shot you know shot Star Wars back into the public. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter if like people get sick of it or not. It's going to make the money. It's going to continue for years. So uh, it's 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 great. And I think I know personally that like there's a lot of people who I've talked to who obviously aren't us. They're not running a podcast on Star Wars. So like they're just the general public who have been like holy shit, like, this is insane. Like, Sherry, she finally saw it yesterday, and she texted me, and she goes, holy shit, balls. <laughs> and I was like, I know, right? Well, my, like, it's just it's crazy. My girl doesn't even get into sci-fi that much. Like, I had to have her watch, like, The Hobbit kicking and screaming. I try to have her watch, like, the old Dune movie. So I got her to watch the six Star Wars movies, which she kind of remembers, you know, growing up, but she never watched them. So we sat down, we watched all six, and we got to this one. She loved it so much. Oh, by the way, she hates rewatching anything. Like, she does not – she's already like, yeah, let's go to the theater. Let's rewatch it. That's coming from someone who doesn't watch sci-fi and barely ever rewatches anything. And two weeks later, she already wants to see Star Wars again. I mean, yep. it's definitely it, – it, it's good. It's, it's It renewed – freaking Star Wars to the world, and to me, it was also a big proof that, because there was that worry, you know, Disney bought Star Wars, how is it, you know, what is it going to be like? And they should, you know, some people worried, other people didn't, but they showed they, they could put the team together, and now it's that's it. Like, every movie that comes out, every cartoon that comes out, like, Rebels was theirs, isn't it? Like, did, didn't it come yeah. out, didn't Rebels yeah. come out after, it's Disney. Uh, after Disney, but see, and supposedly that I haven't seen it yet. I got it actually for for uh, Christmas, so I'm gonna catch it. But supposedly, like that's going really good. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, like between watching the Clone Wars and watching uh, Rebels, you could definitely see the Disney influence on the animation at least, and I guess some of the themes. Even though it's it's it remains kind of, you know, it does have its dark points, but it has a lot of like those Disney. Feels to it, yeah. um, but it's 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 an awesome show, nonetheless, and awesome. you need to get to it. Yeah, I uh, mean it's all about family. Yeah, which is what yeah. Disney is. Um, so all right, yeah, no, yeah, go on. I mean, as long as we're talking about uh, just how everybody really feels about it, we did those two podcasts. You know, if everybody wants to go back and listen to those, the first one was all about our positives from the uh, from the movie. The second, we kind of broke down what we didn't like about uh, about the film or what kind of bothered us. Not really what we didn't like, but, you know, nitpicking and, and whatnot. Um, so kind of going off of you know, what everybody feels about it, let's talk about these recent George Lucas comments a little bit uh, that he actually had to go back on and apologize for. Um, I guess the first thing was kind of like, you know, we talked about that this movie felt like a very... Uh, very nostalgic, uh, New Hope, uh, those kind of those kind of themes just repeating themselves. Um, but he he went out and said, you know, what they did was they basically retroed my film. They retroed a New Hope, kind of with kind of sounding a little bitter. What do you guys think about that? Well, definitely bitter um, to a certain extent. I mean, he was right, and and he he followed up that comment with something about how like. Even when he did the prequels, he was trying to something new, and you can see that there was something new. There was a different formula and all that. Um, I mean, clearly, he is a little bitter for letting go of his kind of baby, but he let go of his baby. Like, deal with it. That's just life. Four um, billion dollars later. Yeah, exactly. And not to mention, you know, we all knew that 
Han and Leia had, I mean, in, in kind of like his ideas and in the other non-canon now stories. So as much as they changed it, because he did say, oh, that's not, you know, what I wanted and whatever, they, there, there is still a, a small influence that I like it. You know, whether Ray is Luke's, you know, Luke had a kid in those stories. Han and Leia had a kid in those stories. Mm-hmm. So one of them in those stories went to the dark side. So, yes, very loosely, but to me it's at least still giving respect, saying, hey, you know, we are going to keep some of the elements. We're going to do our own thing. But obviously I don't think they, you know, Disney did anything in a way to, to insult him. They're, they're just doing their job. And if anything, they gave him kind of like a heads-up props. I think um... – J.J. Abrams has been really good about talking about, you know, Lucas is great and everything he does is great and we wouldn't be here without him. Um, I do think that they they did look at his scripts and go, yeah, sure, man. We'll do it. Totally. Come on. Here's four billion bucks. And then as soon as they gave him that money, he, you know, probably comes to a couple board meetings or whatever and they're like, yeah, we're good. We got it. <laughs> because, like, I um, because I I watched that interview and you know, yeah, he is fucking mad about it. You know, I don't know if he's like pissed, but he's certainly upset about it. And he kept talking, you know, this is like a divorce, this is like a breakup. You don't go and like stalk your ex, and you don't like go to their house and like watch them <laughs> through the windows and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And he he just wanted to like separate from it and I think like saying that he sold it to a company filled with white slavers is really derogatory and like really mean and like you can say all you want that you were upset that they didn't listen to your ideas and I'll fully get on board with that but that white slavers comment I'm like dude that's just like a bitter yeah Yeah. just being immature about it at this point yeah exactly it's best just to keep your mouth shut how recent was this interview? Because I remember even before the movie came out, I remember he had similar thoughts about that, saying how, um, you know, during the first couple of table runs where he was staying involved, he was seeing that they were already taking different steps, different, you know, making changes. And even back then, he was like, yeah, you know, if they're not going to listen to me and I understand because it's theirs, I'm just going to have to step away. And it has to be, it's like a relationship. You have to have a clean cut or else it'll just kind of drag on. But he had said that even before the movie came out. So I don't know why this new interview is, like, so surprising and stuff. I mean, he's just restating it, only he's a lot more pissed off about it because of how well it did. I I really think that's kind of more more the fact. It's He saw how much people, like, hate on his prequels, yeah. which are the most recent <laughs> movies. And it's kind of sad that, you know, it's... Um... Uh-oh. Casey's yeah. Case yeah, he'll be right crash. back. So we're having some technical difficulties. We'll, uh, we'll have to cut back in there. Yeah. What's going to... I don't know if that, like, breaks up the... Breaks up well, the recording. Yeah. Probably uh, not, though. Probably has to come back in. Shit. Oh, there it goes. Moses? Yeah, I'm right here. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. When are you, you going to go see it this week? I don't know. We'll see. Like, uh, my job is like a two-person job, and one of the my coworkers is out for the past three weeks, so it's kind of like twice the work. 
Um, but she should be back by the week, so I'm kind of hoping to see it next weekend. I kind of really want to see, like, Hateful Eight, too, you know what I mean? So Yeah, me too. I know Star Wars is going to be around. I know I'm going to be watching it, like, every day when Blu-ray comes out. I mean, obviously, I want to catch it in the theaters uh, at least one more time, if not more. But, you know, there's the, these other movies that are probably not going to be in the theater as long as Star Wars will. So I just want to make sure I catch those, too. I was going to go tomorrow because I got off, but I'm not sure yet. For uh, Hateful Eight or Star Wars? I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maybe maybe now I'll go see Hateful Eight. And I'll think... see Revenant, too. But I feel yeah. like that, that I can wait kind of for the Blu-ray if I have to. I, can't, it, I don't know. It looks be- like a beautifully like shot film, too, though. Not seeing yeah. a big screen like that. I was yeah, hoping yeah. like that movie would be in an IMAX, but not with Star Wars IMAX now. Exactly. You might have so. to wait it out a little or something. We'll see. I started reading the Star Wars comic. So wait. Oh how, yeah. How how what's the timeline between that and Vader? Is it like an issue apart? Yeah, like... they run they run together and then it gets it's either like a issue apart. Because like, the I, I number gets off. Vader and Vader no. is like, he's, he's like, you know, the Emperor is complaining about something and he has a quick flashback. And then yes. I like, like two and two, like I kind of put two and two together and I read Star Wars and it was the scene he was having a flashback. So like, obviously Star Wars came out for that issue came out first and like Vader must have been like right after it or whatever, the first issue of Vader. And then now I think that Vader's ahead in the uh, number. Yeah. Star Wars slowed down for like a month or two. But it, yeah, Star Wars came out first, and then Vader came out probably, the, I think, a month later. So, yeah, it was behind an issue. But, I mean, it doesn't matter because it's like enough stuff happens outside of the crossing over that, you know, it's kind of just cool to catch up with each other. Oh, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you got the trades. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got, like, the first issue of each of those just to kind of keep as a collectible, but... Yeah. I just might as well just get the trades now. Uh, just easier yeah. to kind of read through. But it, it, one thing I noticed, and like, you know how when, when we watch a comic book superhero movie, in the, especially in the beginning of the superhero movies, it always like lacked a lot of the comic book feel. And it wasn't until like, you know, Captain America, and especially to me, like the first Avengers just captured that superhero feel or whatever. So it's like the other way around. Like I used to watch uh, the last Airbender cartoon, mm-hmm. and then I read the comics, and I was like, I was like, ah, you know, I'll read it because I missed the show and I love the show, and but it's a comic, and I, you know, I always wonder would it capture the same feel with the the jokes the characters say and the the, the way they talk, and it's you know in a written format. And I remember with like Avatar, like that one, I was like, holy shit, it's like watching the show. And so I, I wondered that about Star Wars, like before I even started it scene one you know where like luke han and, and leia are kind of blowing up that rep that imperial and like the way they're talking and stuff i was like yep it's got yeah. this is good yeah it's that writer he's like he's like like one of casey and my favorite writer in the in marvel like in comics right now that he's a really good writer um i just i just feel like like he knows he's got like the voices down for yeah <laughs> for those the characters they talk, the things they say yeah yeah but that darth vader comic i think is is my favorite out of those two it's it's so good so wait they got okay they got star wars invader which i'm clearly gonna follow how's leia not good leia's okay it's a good it's a it's worth following if we're following oh it's else. a mini series so it's only just you probably just buy the trade and that's it 
Oh, okay. So then that's Lando's, a plus. And then yeah. they have oh, there's Lando, and then there's uh, the the Rebels one, right? Yeah, Lando was a mini. Okay, uh, so, so that's six issues. Might uh, as well just do that too. Uh, Kanan, Kanan is an ongoing, so that's yeah. But that kind of goes was, back and forth between when he was younger and with Rebels time, so it's really cool like that. Um, Shattered Empire was a was a mini series. Chewbacca was a mini series. I don't. I, my mini series are good because you can get them and read them and then be like, all right, now it's not like another one of mm-hmm. ten that I have to follow. Kind of thing. Yeah. There is That's a new. Cool. There is a new Anakin Obi Wan, uh, Clone Wars era comic coming out next year, and I don't know if it's ongoing or, or short, but um, that one looks really good. Yeah, it's good. Clone Wars always has like a, a good feel to them. I just finished season mm-hmm. three. I just started uh, season four, and then I'm an episode in. All right, so. Moving on to the next, uh, the, actually, the thing that we forgot to talk about last episode uh, was the lack of a funeral for Han or some kind of send-off. I was kind of surprised by this. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I didn't think about it at the time, but, you know, I, after I heard it mentioned, uh, it definitely was was kind of strange, um, especially with, like, you know, it's a character so big. Um to, to the saga and um, yeah, I mean it, it was left kind of it did end kind of sudden though. So I guess um, I I didn't mind it because I feel like it's going to be in the next one. I know we kind of discussed that a lot of things are going to be in the next one, like Captain Phasma's role and stuff like that. Um, what I would have liked was at least like a hug between Chewie and Leia um, and. I looked through, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this. Maybe we can briefly touch upon it today. Like, I went through all the deleted scenes that J.J. cut out of this movie, um, and there was an extra talking scene between Leia and Rey, and I think that would have added more to their character because at the time, Chewie walks by her, and, you know, he does have that moment where he, like, is sad, and I liked that, but, like, she has a moment where she talks to Ray, and I was like, why didn't you do that with Chewie? You know what I mean? Like, he's, like, your husband's best friend. You know what I mean? Like, she's, he's basically the uncle to your, to your kid, um, and you're talking to, like, this random girl who you've not even said one word to. So, you know, it, it's a small, nitpicky thing, and like I said, I think that they'll give him a proper funeral in the next one, especially knowing that every cast member is coming back, so he's probably got to either be dead or, uh, you know, a flashback or something. But, um, yeah, I was, or I, I meant like a funeral scene, but I guess we don't know where his body is, so maybe not. <laughs> but I, I just thought there should have been more of an interaction between Chewie and Leia, that's all. So looking at, looking at the fact that Han dies in this movie, uh, we had discussed kind of like how cool it would be to see everybody back together. Uh, now, now we're definitely not going to see that. I, I mean, I'm not going to say definitely, uh, but you know, most likely, unless it's like, oh, we're all at Han's funeral, we're all together, so we can look at it that way. <laughs> but um, are you upset that you're never going to get to see the Star Wars family back together again? It's like where you get weekend at Bernie's with Han, man. <laughs> that would be my dream, is to see them 
burning his, him around. His body flopping around the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. With the uh, sweet Caribbean music playing. <laughs> that, that song from Mav Kanetta's playing. Uh, we might have to do that with action figures. Hip <laughs> <laughs> War style. Um, um, I wasn't upset per se. I mean, yeah, it would have been cool, but I really love that the, 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 this film had both the... the you know that that feel of the originals, which kind of touched the the melancholic aspects of it, but it also kind of put the characters themselves in the shoes of the viewer. So the viewer hasn't, you know, it's been 30 years since the originals, and it's been 30 years in the story, pretty much. You know, so they they've kind of kept that the same, and so it, they've, you know, obviously there's a lot less timing with the characters. In, in, in Star Wars, but, you know, Han and Chewie have been gone for a long time. They haven't seen each other. Luke's gone. For, so just like the viewers haven't seen what's been going on in the universe in the story, the same way the actors and, you know, and their characters in a way haven't seen each other. So everything was like, it fit in better that way. It made it more, um, what's the word? It's more understanding, I guess. At least in my opinion. I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I still... Yeah, it is a little sad that we won't see them all like on the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Because <laughs> that would be pretty cool. But I guess, you know, but looking at the end... Now you can look at the end of Return of the Jedi in a different way as well when they're all yub-yubbing it around on Yendor. Uh, and, and, eh, Endor. Um, like... That might be kind of sad to watch that, you know. Yeah, eventually. yeah it's, true. it's like, hey, we just beat the Empire, but this is the last time in a in film we're gonna we're gonna be together. So it's kind yeah. of it's, yeah, it's a little sad. Yeah. Ooh. Move on to happier <laughs> things like um, like returning aliens. We talked about that a little bit last time. We saw Admiral Akbar, uh, Neen Num. It was really cool. Like I guess that's uh, it's really. It it just helps to tie the movies together when you see reoccurring characters outside outside the main ones that you expect. Um, and I, I I guess I bitched a lot about the the Twi'leks not showing up, but what we failed to mention was the fact that we actually got to see Bothans for the first time. Uh, as we know in Return of the Jedi, uh, when Mon Mothma was sadly talking about how they got the plans, many Bothans died to bring us this information. So. Um, those furry, those furry creatures you see working with the resistance are Bothans. Um, so that's which one? Um, it's like where they have the fur, the face, like the elongated face, almost like they look like almost like creatures from like the Dark Crystal, I almost say, but with furry faces. Um, was it one of the dudes who was talking in the? He didn't. I don't think he had. I don't remember if he had any lines. Okay. Um, but I think it was like a reaction, that. reaction within like he's like. The, um, you see him inside, like the the planning room with Leia, uh, when they're walking around, yeah. yeah, just like on the comm link talking. Um, so it was, it's cool to see that. Um, bringing it back to not seeing a certain reoccurring character, I wanted to mention that uh, Wedge does not make an appearance in this movie yet. He makes, uh, they bring him into the new canon in aftermath. Um, He's running around that. He's actually kind of a main, like one of the main characters. I won't spoil anything for you guys if you want to read that book. But, um, but the thing about this is that actor Dennis Lawson 
he refused to be a part of this film. Um, so that I guess does that mean they're going to kill off Ledge sometime in the books? Um, Unless they're bringing back next, next, and, you know, maybe he was just worried about how bad it was. Of course, like I don't think Disney should give him a chance, but there you go. Um, if they did decide to give him a chance, obviously, and you know, his reservations were anything like happening like the prequels. Though I don't see like why the, you know it's like. Why would you say no, man? I don't care. If someone told me, hey, you could be, I think we, I don't know if we mentioned this last time, you're like, you can be in Star Wars Episode One. you have to play Jar Jar Binks. I'd be like, all right, let's do this. I get to be in Star Wars. I don't give a shit about what you guys think about Jar Jar. I'm in Star Wars. Like, who cares how bad it is? Who cares, like, who the character is? And um, I think something else on the list today is uh, Daniel Craig, man. It was the same deal. Yep. JB007 was his uh, Stormtrooper name. <laughs> I love that so what, were they like filming or something in the same area? So they were filming at Pinewood uh, where they also shoot uh, Spectre. Yeah. And he just kind of was like, ooh, what are you guys doing? Oh, shit, I'll be in this movie. Um, yeah, Wedge, you know, I don't care that he wasn't in the movie because, yeah, I guess it would have been nice. I, I actually felt bad for Neum Num and uh, and uh, what's his name, Admiral Akbar, because I'm like, shit, man, 30 years later, you are still doing this fight. And especially, like, I understand General Akbar, like, he's in the, you know, or Admiral Akbar, sorry, he's in the, um, in the, you know, war room. But, like, Neum Num having to get into an X-Wing and, like, literally be a fighter pilot after all these years? I don't know what the time frame, like, I don't know how long um, Celestins live for, but I would feel like, at however old you are, it's like, come on, man, like, you are you not... You got no promotion? <laughs> well, no, that's what I was going to say. Did he get demoted from being the co-pilot of the Millennium Falcon with General Hanukkah? Exactly. Like, exactly. Sorry, here, we need you to fly this hunk of junk here that we've had for 30 years sitting around. Yeah, that, you know, <laughs> one of them gets a pain upgrade. You have to <laughs> ride this piece of shit. And some spotlights. <laughs> yeah, that, that right there, when I saw him, you know, all suited up and getting ready to do it again, I was like, fuck, sorry, bro. <laughs> well, that's why I didn't really believe it was him at first. I had to, like, Aaron's like, I think that's the guy from Return of the Jedi. I'm like, no. So I looked well, it up, and I was like, isn't, you know. <laughs> isn't Solo a general by Return of the Jedi? Yeah. But when they're like, okay, no, he's a, a he's a general in... Well, whatever. Empire, he's a general, but even then, you know, when 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 it comes down to, we're gonna need a small team to go in and blow. You know, he was mm-hmm. like, it's me. So it might have been the same situation. Yeah, I'm a general, but dude, we need pilots. I'll do this. Let's, come on, let's go. Yeah, it's. The, I mean, the republic has been destroyed. This is all we have. Yeah, I mean, that does. Actually, I did want to talk about this real quick, um, just to kind of get you guys' question in your head. There is a republic which is now destroyed, but there's a Republic, and then there's the Resistance. There's Why a new is... Republic, yeah, the new Republic. Right. Why is the Resistance called the Resistance and not just, like, the army of the Republic? So the this is what I read, and it's from the Star Wars. Like, again, this is a bad thing. These uh, uh, The movies should be standalone, but I guess there's a Star Wars encyclopedia or something. Or No, no, no. I, I, what you're saying, I don't think it's a bad thing because... These are these are like actual facts that are handed down by Disney and the filmmakers 
about like to give you more insights. Like yeah, these books are these books are approved. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I mean, it, it's good that. I mean, I, I like it if a movie can stand alone and give you all the information you need. But then when you right. think about it, I guess you don't really need this information. This is just for people like us who like to exactly. delve deeper. Anyway, that being said, <laughs> there's the Star Wars. And I'm not sure if it's like the Force Awakens character encyclopedia or some. There's a new they talk Force about Awakens encyclopedia. So the idea is the New Republic gets formed. It's peace and galaxy for a while. And then when the First Order comes around, they, they're, they're trying not to give it too much. They're just basically saying we're not going to do anything. They're kind of involved in politics. They're, they're doing the same thing. So the, the, the resistance forms. And to me, that's why it's always like so small. It's like, it's just bang. It's like a new rebellion. It's just a bunch of people that get together and they're just like, all right, listen, man, the, the new Republic isn't doing anything. They're just waiting on the Supreme court or what, you know what I mean? They're just, they're doing the political thing and the resistance is like, screw it. We're just going to take matters in our own hands. That's a, that's a totally, that's a totally repeating event as well from past Star Wars stories. I mean, it's like the bureaucrats, they slow things down. Um, the people who want to actually get things done, they, they either they meet, quote-unquote, a resistance along the way. But with like, it just seems like every time you don't want to have to go to the, the larger body to make a decision. Well, well the, you know, the, the first order is out there destroying the galaxy. Um, so it's... I was I was happy you brought that up about the books because there's another thing in the books that talk about how Kylo Ren's lightsaber works. Um, oh, why it's kind of like all distorted and stuff. It had like the two side vents are vents because that's what I thought. It just it's like so powerful it kind of needs the exhaust vents kind of thing. And I mean we can we can talk about Kylo Ren and his craziness in a little bit, but that's that's another thing just from the encyclopedia that if you didn't read that you wouldn't know like you mentioned. Um, but I think that's the that's the fun of it too is like looking into these small minute details just to enhance like that's that's how I got all my information growing up and I'd read these books and these encyclopedias and just like study them like I would textbooks you know so is it's it's when you're into something it's fun to have those resources I think oh yeah definitely I agree. it makes the world more real so like when the more you see and the more real and the more details and even the little minute things. So, you know, when everything fits together, you could be reading the comic, you could be watching the cartoon, you could be watching a standalone Star Wars Rogue One film. It all fits in this one big universe, and there's so much more than just the Skywalker, you know, lineage. And obviously, that's the stories we love, that's the stories we grew up with, but it's a huge world full of dozens of stories, and other Jedis, too, that's just like, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun watching and having seeing Disney, you know... Bring it on. I mean, wasn't there, like, in talks for a Netflix show, too? Well, there's been talks for a show for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, who knows if that happens or not. I mean, I, you know, on well, one hand, I don't want them to go overboard. Don't play it out. But on the other hand, I was like, yo, give me some more. Well, here's here's the thing about it is that, like, unlike uh, Marvel, which is doing two movies a year, we have one Star Wars movie a year. So that's that's cool. Um, yeah. in, in terms of the TV show... You know, there, there was always that talk of the live-action TV show, even before Disney bought it. So it was yeah. now. You know, most we're more likely they've been talking about doing like a Star Wars channel, like they do with WWE or uh, something like that, where it's always Star Wars program. I don't know how you would do that. Uh, I don't know if you make like like they did that cops, <laughs> that troopers thing. They just do episodes of that. They have the uh, holiday special on the repeat. holiday special on repeats. <laughs> you know. 
Well, actually, well, what you could do is you could do like a cosplay show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like people who just do cosplay. You would follow like True Life. I'm a Star Wars fan. Do one on the books. Do one on the movies. Do one on the video games. Like honestly, you could do Good. it. You anyway, cycle I, through the Clone Wars episodes. You cycle through the Rebels. Repeat. You would definitely you be doing that. Yeah, you Droids, Ewoks. All the makings Either of... Anyway, the point is Disney already has a relationship with Netflix. Exactly. Because of Marvel. Exactly. With, with Marvel and Daredevil. So it would be an easy step. And clearly Netflix has become one of those production companies where they also know what they're doing. You know, it's... They did Daredevil, they did Jessica Jones, and any of their shows, you know, the Netflix original shows, are good shows. It's more of a question, uh, am I into this or not? But the shows are good. They, they, they put quality to it, and they have a good thing with Disney. So. Yeah, Agreed. absolutely. Yep. I, I'm going to say within the next two years we get something. Most That'd be likely. awesome. Yep. Um, all right. I want to move into kind of talking about the – the new characters. We've talked about the old characters. I mean, we've we've touched upon what we, you know, some of our highlights from the movies, uh, the movie before. Um, but let's kind of get into what or who our favorite new character is uh, in this film and why. Uh, Casey, I'm gonna start with you. My new favorite character is Kylo Ren. <laughs> and you know, so I think we were sharing that picture. Because here's the, the things about Kylo Ren, the bad things that I'm hearing. I don't share these sentiments. He takes off his helmet. He looks like a goon. Um, he gets beat by two people who don't even know how to use the Force. And, um, I mean, like, that's pretty much... Oh, and uh, Bob, who uh, hosts those geeks you know with me today, was like, he's he hasn't done anything that I've never seen before. I'm like, you've seen other blaster shots get... Frozen in midair. <laughs> You've seen this before. That, I haven't. Ah, that that answer is that answer is not not really a good Star Wars fan answer. No, 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 it's not. No. It's not. But um, the reason why I like Kylo Ren so much is because we have never seen a character get pulled to the light side. That has never happened. And for that reason alone, it's like holy shit. This is a different dude. It's like how do you separate yourself from, from Darth Vader, um, who's always getting drawn towards the dark side? Make him the opposite. Done. New, most fucking inventive villain for Star Wars. No, I agree. I, also, I just want to mention, like, let's, let's kind of break down those criticisms about Kylo Ren. Um, mm. I mean, he... I we mean, can do that. Let's do that real quick. I mean, it's like, I want to talk about the forced mind extraction. Um... You got you, you want to compare that to what Vader did? I mean, he he captures Prince Leia in A New Hope. He can't get the information out of her. Granted, you know, she has Force powers, but um, she's Force sensitive or whatever. So is Ray. So he has to use the probe droid in order to, you know, yep. get lies out of her. She still lies to him, and he and he goes for it. Um, but here you have Kylo Ren, who can go up to anybody, goes up to Poe Dameron. And pulls that information out of his mind with a force, you know. So you already see a character who's more powerful than Darth Vader. Um, whether he, you know, there's some comparisons you can draw as like maybe like the whininess, not whininess of Anakin and da da da. But I still don't see that because um, 
my Anakin exists within the Clone Wars um, cartoon, where he is a totally like good person and always willing to like help people and go outside what the Jedi Order tells him in a way just to you know because he to do what's right. This Kylo Ren, um, this character seems to do want to do all that's wrong. Um, and like you said, Casey is fighting the light side when it when it tries to pull him back. But as a whole, he's an evil he's an evil guy. Yeah, I also love that he has a lot more character. Um, I, I, so far, Sith lords and you know the dark side users, uh, whether that be Palpatine or that be Vader, they've been a lot more stoic. Um, and probably because they've been in the game so much. I mean, even Darth Maul, you know, he was. Just quiet until he attacked, kind of thing. Um, Dooku. Dooku, yeah, exactly. But here, you, you see this kid who's just volatile, and and I, I love that when you took that mask off, he looked, you know, it was definitely a non badass representation. And I think that 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 kind of shows the duality. He's still like this kid. He's this kid who's like Han's kid. You know what I mean? And, but that's why he wears the mask because he wants to hide that part of him. And he's freaking crazy. I mean, he's like. Breaking shit every time he gets pissed off. He he has no like control, and mm-hmm. you're seeing that. You're seeing a dark side that doesn't have control. I mean, that's just crazy. And uh, let's address the fact that he got beat by two people, right? Yeah, you mean he was able to fight off two people after they made it a point to show that uh, Chewie's blaster, you know, multiple times throughout the movie, blast the shit out of whatever it hits. No way that people yeah. go flying. Blood. Blood. Like, oh, I like it. They, they make a point <laughs> to show you how powerful that is. We knew it because we used to watch cartoons and we used to read the books and we knew the bowcaster is super powerful, but you know that you never really saw it in the movie and they made it a point to show you, hey, by the way, this is like a cannon. And this guy's like punching himself where he got hit because he's like so fucking pissed off. Yeah, I don't see any problem right there. It didn't even knock him over. <laughs> I mean, he, just he took it. Yeah, he took a knee. He used the force to like power through it. This is a dude who holds a blaster shot, has a ten-minute conversation, and then <laughs> breaks the concentration of it. So he's literally holding himself together with the force. And like the thing about it is, like, here's the other thing. Okay, so for for Finn, obviously he took him down, so there really isn't much of a contest there. No, I mean, he, he's tried a little. People know how yeah, to use like, a sword. He's been trained, but whatever. Exactly. Finn used the only defense he used, he knows how to do with his training since birth, and like that's how he hacked up with the uh, baton fighter and whatever. But with Rey, if you go back to that scene where Kylo's got her on the edge, she pauses when he goes, I can train you. And she closes her eyes. Yep. And at that point, just like Luke taking his shots in the uh, in the trench run, she lets the Force take over. I don't necessarily say that Ray beat him. The Force did. The yeah. Force awoken in her at that point, and it guided her hands, and that's what beat him. And, and, and let's let's make it a point that they've already showed she's pretty badass. I mean, right. she, could, she can handle a staff. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. she can handle a sword. You know what I mean? It's, but I mean, she held. So it's she not like she's picking ran. up a weapon for the first time. Yeah, most of her her fight is her running away from him, and like yeah. he's hacking up trees and stuff, and she's merely defending herself with the blade knowledge. But at that point, when she beats him, it is the force guiding her. 
and that's what beats him. I also see a lot of, uh, I mean, you know, throughout the Clone Wars and stuff, and they're always talking about how, you know, in order to use the Force, you got to focus, you got to concentrate, and yep. you can't let your emotions take over. And at this point, you know, not only is Kylo like blasted, you know, he got that, he's been damaged so bad, but yeah. he's also like, you know, he's unfocused. He, yeah, he's he's like full of rage. He's just not focused. I mean. Whether they they point to this out or not, but you know when when he when he meets up with his dad, clearly the whole thing was a trick. But at the same time, he hesitated. It's yes. you can tell, and that that was a beautiful scene because he's like, I you know I'm gonna kill him now, and then he's like, wait, you know what I mean? It was the good side, the light side, trying to stop him, and he so even if he did it, we're we're seeing someone who you know he's he's. Moving on, and he—that's in the back of his head. He's like, you know, somewhere in the back of his head, he's like, I, you know, that just happened. There's all these emotions, all this rage going on through him. I mean, he being the, even standing and being able to concentrate enough to hold his saber to me was was impressive. Let alone, you know, fight two different people and. Yeah, exactly. I I also want to like bring up the point of maybe there's like a force heal. I mean, who knows what he's doing in order to hold himself up and stop himself from bleeding out? So if he's like concentrating part of his power on just doing that, how can he? How can he do like a full-fledged battle? Yeah. Right, keeping so. his guts from spilling out and just right. put a barrier there. I mean, really? He got yeah. like he took an entire blaster shot. Like, if you think about it, Yoda didn't even do that. Yoda can absorb the power from like. Uh, you know, the Emperor's electricity and, and Dooku's electricity and absorb it and then kind of push it back. This dude just took it and, like, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Game over. Um, the other yeah. the other cool thing that I <laughs> that made me laugh in the film was, like, when the Imperial officer is talking to him. And, like, we've seen the force pull before, but this time he, like, Force pulls the guy into a choke. Oh yeah, <laughs> like cracked me up. Just like, that what? is one of the most brilliant shots that I've seen in movies in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Like, if not in all the cinema, because like that shot <laughs> with the noise of his boots scraping against the ground. I mean, for Star Wars, that's one of the best shots I've ever seen. Honestly, Agreed. because it's like holy shit, this dude. Like, just the way J.J. shot it. Just I, I love that shot. That's one of my favorite shots in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, uh, he's, he was a badass from the beginning, dude. Like, just the, I remember just seeing the laser bolt pause, and then I was just like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was so well done, because this whole scene takes place, and then when he walks off, yeah, that's when it ended like, it was a pretty strong blast, too. Like, there's a whole, like, explosion in the background there. And I'm just like, damn. We should probably talk about the other new guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, go, let's go round robin here. Yeah, uh, let's go round robin. If nobody likes Finn, we don't have to talk about Finn. You know, so. <laughs> I thought I mean, Finn was a good character. I, 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 is he your favorite? Watched, no. I mean, Ray is my favorite, but she's also like my new celebrity crush. So that's kind of biased <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, but like, I, I have to admit, I walked out of the the theater and I was surprisingly impressed with every single character from the new ones like Poe was hilarious like from the beginning I just too like the first scene into it I was like oh my god I love this guy 
you know. Um, and then Finn was good. I, I, I loved the depth of that character of seeing someone. I mean, he had so much to the story of seeing someone go from one side to the other side. And it, you know, not like a force sensitive dark to light, but you know, uh, one that has to do with morals and, and, and life, you know, something that a lot of people put their position in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, Ray's Ray, Ray, obviously. Yeah. So, you're, so you're, saying, you're saying Ray then? Well, yeah, if I had to pick a favorite, it's, it's Why? definitely Ray. Why? Why? Um, because I'd like to see where it, I mean, you know, it's hard to tell. I, I, I liked her character. I liked that she was a badass. Uh, uh, I love that you have a female character, something you're not used to. And to see, like, they just they played her off well. Stop holding my hand, or where he goes to save her, and he just she just beats the <laughs> shit out of those people. Like it's so good to see this 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 character who just is a badass, but at the same time she's very vulnerable. You know what I mean? Because she's like left alone. She kind of has that childish hope of someone's coming to save her. Um, and I, I think it's she's you know she's a good actress, so that that helps you know with 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 the scenes and with making her character real. And I personally think, I mean, I'm almost positive she's a Skywalker, and I personally think she's Luke, so as far as, you know, the, the eight and nine and the whole nine movies of the Skywalker lineage, she's definitely going to have some of the most interesting uh, story to her. Yeah, I mean, I say outside of the bride, you know, from Kill Bill, she's one of the best females that's not like a sexual object in in cinema in a long time. And probably, uh, what's that other movie? Salt with Angelina Jolie. I love that movie. (laughs) She's a badass too. But you know what I mean? Like not somebody who's just like vulnerable and then a guy comes and then she like falls in love and then it's like the guy to like save her. It's like, no, this is a female who's kicking ass, who saves the guy repeatedly. And I hope we see that when we see Wonder Woman in Steve Trevor's relationship where she doesn't need a guy. You know what I mean? Like she yeah. is an Amazonian or Amazonian or whatever. And I and I hope we get that with Wonder Woman and I'm glad that we got that with Ray. That that was my favorite thing is that we we see a badass female who doesn't need anybody. Literally doesn't need anybody. And and they definitely went out of their way to to show that in every yeah. scene. Yeah. Just like with the writing and with the the situations that happened, they just were like, "We're gonna we're gonna put her in these classic uh, situations, and then she's gonna find her own way out." Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a it's a Disney power move on there, and not only in Star Wars, but also in Star Wars. So what's that? Uh, I forget the that uh, app game that came out. Uh, you're kind of Galaxy like Smuggler. Which one? No, Which the one? other one where you're like you basically go out and do uprising. Or- Uprising. So when you're, when, as soon as you log in and it kind of zooms into the bar and you get to pick a race and then uh, you know put your name in, the four characters sitting in the bar they're all female. You have to choose to make it a male. So it almost starts you with like all like the human female, the the Twi'lek you know female. They're they're female. So it clearly like even from little things like that they show you that they're putting emphasis like hey by the way guys you know females can be strong characters too. Same thing with their latest moves, you know, Brave and Frozen. It's. I just I just want to interject um, real quick about that. Is the female role in the books has been extremely pushed. Not to mention, like we talked about, the female stormtrooper and Captain Phasma in the last 
podcast, but in the books there are there's female leaders in both Empire and and for the you know protagonists. Um, so and once you guys get into that, you'll really you'll really notice that. And that's another thing that just like chimed in with the Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I mean, can, you know, Star Wars. Oh, sorry, you can. I was gonna say Star Wars had you know Leia was pretty badass too. Re- rewatching those old ones, she was badass. And you know, yeah, you had the slave Leia scene, but you know, she people made comments, out. and she said the slave, right thing. Yeah. She's like, "Yes, I was in a slave outfit. Guess what? I killed Jabba because of it." <laughs> yeah. Um, what I was gonna say is, as a negative, sorry, I don't try to be too negative, but walking through Kmart and Target today, looking for a outfit for my niece and for um, my other niece, um, a nine-year-old and, like, a two-year-old, there's no Ray outfits. Like, get the fuck out of your head, Disney. Like, if you want to go and push these really strong female characters, and I'm sorry, there are Frozen. There's a ton of Frozen. But it's like, at this time, right now, you push the shit out of Ray outfits. Like you get Ray baby clothes, and you get Ray nine year old girl clothes, and teenager clothes. Like it just seems really get weird. Me a Ray head, like, huh? I want. Well, I, I want said I want a Ray T-shirt. Yeah, I would like a Ray T-shirt too. But yeah, I really wanted to get my niece's Ray. Yeah, I mean, I'd give them some more time, but you're right. This, but they didn't do a Black Widow. Pushing from now. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. That should be day one, though. That should be day yeah. one. I'm sorry, but that's that's like Casey just said the same thing about Black Widow, and it was like that was the Gamora, and this has been pushed across the internet. Like, why yeah, why is this not happening? Is it just because like Walmart and Kmart are not are not going to try to like? Did they not carry those products for? Like, I want to go to the Disney store tomorrow. I'm going to go to the Disney store. I'm going to see if there's like Ray stuff there because yeah, that you got a billion. They don't have like they have three different things though. They have Kylo's obviously and Vader. Um, but as far as like characters, uh, I mean, usually you'll see some like a Chewbacca influenced one, and then you'll see the Jedi robes, which isn't a character per se. It's just a class. But you know, you don't, you don't. Do you really see you know like a rebellion or? Uh, a resistance like X one fighter pilot. Sure, we know that costume, but yeah, I've seen it on your on your average like Target store. I don't. And outside of you know Kylo and Vader, which are no, I've very listen. I've, I've seen the I've seen the Ray costumes. That's that's not what we're saying. We're saying like just just in general, just so that girls can go out and wear this T shirt and be like, I love Ray. Yeah, little girls need yeah. to be able to say this is a strong female character that I look up to. Just like you and I go, or our young selves would go and buy a Kylo Ren. Now, Captain Phasma is on that middle ground, where though I'm still not finding anything Captain Phasma, honestly, which sucks. But, um, you know, Captain Phasma is a little bit androgynous because she's wearing a costume. So I don't even know if little boys necessarily know if she's a girl or a guy. Half the half the adult fans didn't know even after it was announced it was a woman. People were like correcting right. them online. It's like well, yeah, move. Disney had the, the the perfect response to that too. Well, they did. Yeah. Someone was like, oh, blah blah blah, doesn't even look like a female armor, and and it, they're like, it's a woman wearing a stormtrooper outfit. Why does it have to look like feminine? You know what I mean? It's just a, it's, it's a, and it was a perfect response. Like I love that response. Yeah, they don't put like, them so in stormtrooper outfits. <laughs> yeah, and I mean it's it's probably it's out of the same mouths of people that are like, oh, 
How can there be black stormtroopers? Come on, people. Yeah. What what age do we live in? I know, seriously, dude. <laughs> so, Chris, who's your favorite character? Um, Constable Zuvio. <laughs> Hands down. We're getting is, to that in the next section. Oh, oh, he wasn't in the movie? Oh, okay, that's, that's next. Um, no, I mean, I love Ray. Um, hands down, I uh, from her theme, which is always like one of the big things for me in movies, is like um, just just the themes itself. It goes back to like me and like you know like that whole Pete and the Wolf. Like each character had its own like sounds and, and stuff like that. And like I guess just the overall experience of watching her grow throughout the movie, and like. Like we talked about, her having like that being that lost character, and then finding finding friends, and then and finally finding her destiny. So that I always love to see that kind of transition in a movie. And you know, she becomes she could be she's gonna become a Jedi, and you know that's what these movies are about is about the Force. And um, I you know that was always my guess from the beginning that it was her. Um, so and I'm I'm really happy that they they took that they took the high ground and 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 made her. The lead character and and a Jedi. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we talked about her already, so <laughs> I won't re- rehash too much. But um, and she and Daisy Ridley is beautiful. So I mean, it's like it's hard it's hard not to not to really like that character a lot. Um, but I, I do agree with you, Casey, on the Kylo Ren thing too. I um I was hoping that they they wouldn't mess that character up because his design is so awesome. Um, I wanted to see a, a new form of dark, Je- you know, dark Jedi besides what we've seen before, and I think it's important that they that they made those steps to make Kylo Ren kind of this um, independent from the other Sith Lords or whatever he is. I agree. I agree. Um, I want to do another round of favorites before we break. Um, I want to talk about. What are your favorite? What's your favorite scene? Or if you have two, you know, throw them out there. Um, that really caught your eye, and you know that that really made the movie for you. Who I want to go, Moses. Moses. Um, well, the, the, there's a couple like snippets that have stuck in. Um, I thought the space, the, the fighter pilot. The, spaceship or whatever battles were awesome. There's that one scene where uh, Poe with his X-Wing is kind of heading towards the land with the tie wing, and I think that's the one from the trailer too, and you just see the X-Wing shooting, and it's like breaking it apart as it goes down, like diving down towards the Earth, um, towards the planet. So I thought that, you know, that stuck out. Um, A funny scene that stuck out was when Kylo loses it, and then it cuts to the two stormtroopers outside. And they're just like, oh, no, we're, we're, let's go back this way, or whatever. But I think my, my all-time favorite scene was uh, the, the beginning, the, the, the first scene with uh, Kylo, you know, where they, they just invade Jakku and, and the blaster stopping, and just, it's a very, very intimidating, and it, it was at that scene, as that scene ended where I, I realized, oh, shit, this is it. This is what we came to see Star Wars. It looks like it was produced, directed, and made the way we were kind of hoping it was going to make, you know, they were going to make it. And that opening scene to me was was pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I was going to say is when the uh, X-Wings come into um, Escanadas or 
Kokodaku. Uh, that music, the March of the Resistance, they coming in over the water, you know, Poe screaming, yeah, you know, like, like I get like excited. Like, I get <laughs> pumped. When I see those guys coming in, you're like, fuck yes. And then it goes to the best shot in the movie. I already told you one of my favorite shots, but my favorite shot in the movie is a tracking shot. And what it does is it follows, you know, Finn running across as Poe is up in the air, just shooting the shit out of all these different, you know, uh, TIE fighters. And it's just one shot. And you see oh, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. And Finn is like, yes, that's one hell of a pilot. And you're like, yeah, I remember that scene. That was a good scene, Because <laughs> that's it. That shot is so fucking beautiful. So that's, that's my favorite scene is when they come in. It's just, it's brilliant. That's another pretty cool scene about the movie, too, is because you always hear throughout all the movies, you know, Anakin was a badass pilot, and obviously she's a badass pilot with the yeah. Millennium Falcon was awesome. But that that scene, to me, exemplifies a badass pilot. Like, right. Because you were just thinking it, but, like, basically what Finn says is what you were th- like, like, god damn, that guy's badass. And Finn's like, that's a badass pilot. I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, well, since Casey, you just, took mine since it's all three of our favorites <laughs> presumably it's an awesome scene um, but that like I, I the first time I watched it I didn't catch it as much and then when I rewatched the last two times I was just like when I and you can just you can concentrate thing on on things more like as you watch it more so it's just like it's amazing like because I was always like well like I've, when I first time I watched it I didn't, I didn't really notice as much and then Finn says that I was like okay and then you really, like, when you watch it, watch it, it's just like, holy crap. <laughs> yep. It's just like, and, and like you said, that whole, that whole spanning, like, I love it when it's one shot. It always just shows how, you know, how good a director is to be able to not cut so much and just and do one elongated shot. Um, so let me, uh, let me do my backup since, you know, we've, we've talked about that one to the length. Um, I, I, really liked, I really liked the last lightsaber battle. Um, we've gotten... We've talked we've talked about before in the prequels how everything's kind of like um, choreographed out and it's like a dance and we, you know it it goes back to like kendo uh, and that's the kind of stuff they try to replicate but the things I liked about the original trilogy lightsaber battles they just felt more raw and 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 more like a sword fight um, and that's that's really what I got out of the last battle it was just and when you know Finn Finn holds his own for a little bit and then he gets sliced up. Um, but it's really just like them just hacking at each other and just battling out and just it just has a lot more emotion to it than 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 a, than I than I got out of the prequels. Like I love Duel of Fates and there's certain parts of like the final battle between Anakin and Obi Wan I like, but throughout those movies I just I just kind of get into it as much um, because it didn't feel like it didn't feel as real to me, and that's what I really liked about the end. The end sequence, uh, lightsaber battle, and the force awakens. Right. Yeah. You know, one thing that uh, it reminded me of, and probably, I mean, I realize, you know, the the episode five is considered the critically best film of them all, and you know, I agree. But I like Return of the Jedi the most personally. It's just a little more action. I love how the story splits up, and I also like the battle between Luke. And Vader, and I think it's exactly what you're saying too, because it just felt a lot more passion and a lot more, more going on. The way they're just swinging each other, the way like 
Luke was hiding and Invader kind of taunted him out and he just comes out attacking and it wasn't and the the way like he charged and stuff it, it had a very lot of similarities to how this battle took place like you said there was a lot more character to it it wasn't just um you know it's not just talent and stuff there's just all this passion behind it and, uh, yeah it was it's definitely super good Cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said about The Hobbit when I started weeping. Um, oh, no, The Lord of the Rings, the first one. I was going to say, come on, Not man. The Hobbit. Hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> that was after hours of dealing with Sandy. Okay, so um, what what are we at now, Case? Okay, so are we ready for a commercial break? Or do you want to yeah, cut the episode? <laughs> let's go to a commercial break. All right. All right. All this top 40 music is so boring. Jeez, I sure wish I had something geeky to listen to. Well, I've got just the thing for you, stranger. Who are you and how did you get in my house? Don't even worry about that. If you're looking for the latest, greatest, and geekiest podcasts around, you should check out Those Geeks You Know. Those Geeks You Know? Wow! Three friends talking about comic books, movies, TV shows, all the things that I geek out about. But seriously, you gotta leave now. Be sure to check out Those Geeks You Know on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also like us on Facebook and Twitter and tell everybody that you know. You you gotta leave. I called the cops. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Casey from Gourmet Scum Radio. We're two cousins talking about geeky pop culture stuff. You a fan of television, music, and movies of the 80s? (laughs) Well, we are too. Do you like being transported to galaxies far, far away and the threat of troglodytes that go boom in the night? Well, we're going to geek out about it. Have you ever scared yourself listening to ska music while reading a comic book and sipping on a tasty Jones soda? Then this is the podcast for you! Gourmet Scum Radio is here to tickle your holes and make you believe in dynamite explosions right second. Make sure to check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter and check out our website at don'tforgetatowel.com. You won't regret it! There the bugger is. She's a big one, ain't she? Oi! Over 20 points of articulation, great sculpting, and look at the paint job on her. We've been looking all over for this one. Let's get them in our sights and end this hunt now. All right. All right. Steady. Steady now. Uh, Got him! It's the pursuit of plastic. Listen to the podcast from the creators of Don'tForgetAtowel.com, geek out about toy news, hunting, and histories on your favorite collectibles. And we're back. Those are some awesome commercials as usual. Uh, so let's let's get right back into this Star Wars discussion. Uh, hour 10. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the rumors uh, about this film. We had, There was a lot of speculation. Uh, Casey and I did a speculation episode about it. Um, so let's talk about the rumors that did not happen, that you know got shot down uh, after we watched the movie. One of the biggest things about uh, what George Lucas wanted to happen was that Luke Skywalker eventually went to the dark side. Now, we, we saw this in the comics. We saw this in Dark Empire, um, where he 
dippled and dabbled and, and conquered the dark side. Uh, so there was a lot of speculation that um, why wasn't Luke showing up in the trailers? Why wasn't he on the poster? Is he Kylo Ren? Um, but you know, we we knew that we knew that Adam uh, Adam Driver had been uh, cast as Kylo Ren. Uh, we had seen pictures of him in the garb without a helmet on. Um, but we were also kind of maybe thinking, is J.J. Abrams going to pull uh, a Benedict Cumberbatch con twist on us? Um, Casey was always with the no answer. Um, what about you? Did What about you, Moses? Did you think that no, could be? No, absolutely not. I mean, like, there was that one scene from the trailer, the one that they actually cut out where he kind of takes a step forward and he turns on the saber. Um... Kylo Ren, like, at the end in the snow, basically right before he fights Finn, and he's not wearing his helmet there, so you can see the hair is not, you know what I mean, Luke, you can tell, and at that point, you're like, this is way too much, and it, it, them making Kylo Luke Skywalker was just, felt like a cheap trick, so I didn't believe it at all. Whether Luke was at in the dark side at some point, I mean, it's been, what, 20 years since he was last seen. Years. Well, 20 since he was last seen training. Oh, right, right. But yeah. Actually, you're right. We, we don't even know what happened between him and creating the Jedi. Maybe he turned, came back, and started doing the Jedi thing. You know, like, within those past 30 years, anything is, 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 is open for, for that. Well, so the, the theory of, of, oh, he didn't, they didn't do it, like, well, like, what it was originally intended, that's kind of up in the air. It's just it's not happening in the story is what's going on. Right. Well, remember, remember Dark Empire came out when we were, you know, in our middle school years, so there was so much time um, that had taken place in the EU leading up to actually what had happened 30 years later at that point. Um, yeah. So it's it's. I think this is a really cool jumping on point. We know we have that, that set those set events now. Uh, whatever happens in the new canon that they're going to build towards, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Um, so you're right. They could do a whole thing, a whole Dark Empire ripoff they want to, or maybe they won't. So we'll see. I'm sure there's a lot of stories they have that involve, you know, canon events with Luke and, and Han that take place between 6 and 7. But I feel like we're going to, those aren't going to start coming out until after 9. They're going to finish this trilogy because, you know, you're only saying, sure, there's going to be other books and there might be references. But for the most part, I think that's going to be uncharted territory until all three movies come out. And then it's like, now we can, you know, now there's nothing, there's no fear of anything getting revealed or whatever. And you can do whatever. You can do him, the co a comic book of his own with him training and Kylo turning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It could be like, we're going to see that story, whether that be a book, whether they decide to do a standalone film, which I doubt, or right. whether they do a comic book, which I think the comic book is probably going to be the most likely form of seeing that. But it's going to be awesome. Well, we'll see, we'll see it in flashbacks in the movies first, and then they'll, of course, they'll um, expand on that. So that's, that's really what I'm looking forward to, is seeing some flashbacks in Episode 8 of, of what happened with... Luke's Jedi Order and, and really finding that out. So, but that's let's save that for our future future speculation episode. Right. Um, what about what about the thing where um, uh, okay, let's talk about 
the rumored trailer where it started with Luke's hand falling down. Um, that that was going to be the beginning of the film. So that's uh, falling through space. You mean? Correct. Yeah. That's actually something. I mean, I know we're going to go into it. I don't know if we want to just go into it like now. Uh, that's a part of the deleted scenes. Let's touch on it and just, and then we'll just yeah. we'll go back to it. Yeah, because that so the presumed rumor was that the beginning of the movie was going to open up with Luke's hand holding the, his lightsaber falling down from Cloud City onto Jakku, and that was going to be the opening of the movie. Obviously, that didn't happen. <laughs> I remember reading about that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think it fell. Like, when I read about it, maybe that was just another theory or something. But it was going to fall somewhere else, and then kind of like there was going to be a small montage of like how it flipped from one, how it got to Jakku from there. Um, but I'm glad if that they did shoot that. I'm glad they took it, took it away. I kind of like how Ray, you know, ran into it. And again, there was, a, you know, watching episode four, there was so much mystery in the past, and I love that there's they have that with here. You don't know, you know, the world's been going on. You, you're yep. just stepping back in the shoes. Like you don't have to know every single detail, you know. So what about uh, Finn? not being a Jedi. Um, I guess that was the easiest thing to presume, seeing the way he held the lightsaber, that he had the lightsaber in general. Um, you know, they just really, they showed him in these poses and, and different things like that. Um, what do you guys think about that? On posters. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I called that from the beginning. I, yeah. I, mean, I was like, I was almost sure he wasn't a Jedi. Um, though the when Kylo looks at him at the beginning... That made me question what I was thinking because I was like, "Wait, is he feeling the force in him or something?" So there, I kind of questioned it, but I didn't. I never really thought that he was going to be the. I mean, you know, you see it as a trailer, and especially with something with Abrams and how he likes to hide things, and yeah, you know, they're showing you stuff that doesn't make you know. It's not going to be what you your your first initial thought's going to be. I do want to pose this question to you guys, though. Um, Seeing that, you know, Ray ends up with as a Jedi. Um, do you think with what they did, and this is something I wanted to talk about uh, eventually as well with the EU, but or the new canon. But let's take a look at Poe and his ability to understand what BB-8 is saying, and his flying prowlness, and the fact that Luke gives his family a Force-sensitive tree in in the Shattered Empire comic books. Um, moving on to Finn, who, you know, was brainwashed from birth, who was supposed to be a perfect soldier, who resisted that. Is there a chance that all three of these characters could be Force-sensitive by the end of this trilogy and um, be part of this a new, new Jedi Order? Yeah. Honestly, I, I don't think that he has anything... Um, it's funny you say that. Bob actually did bring that up today as well, <laughs> um, that Finn was probably Force-sensitive because of what you just said, that he resisted uh, you know, he resisted being brainwashed. I mean, it was only his first time, and all of a sudden he's like, eh, eh I'm not going to do it. And it's like, really, dude? You're a fucking Nazi child. How the hell did you resist this? Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't really see Finn as having force sensitivity. I do see Poe having at least enough to 
be a really good pilot. I don't know if you know being a force user means that you can talk to droids. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming Uncle Owen talked to droids, right? He's not a force user, so he had, he had but he had he had to buy C3PO in order to talk to the to the, 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 the translator, but not right. necessarily to the droids. The other droid that they bought that was like R2-D2, they bought it. I assumed he knew how to talk to that. He didn't need about, C-2PO for that. I was about to say Leia could communicate with R2, but then you're, she's Force-sensitive too, so that's not that good. I right. Mean, I, don't, I, mean, I never connected that, though. I mean, is, does there any, is there any way in the books or something that they connect you need to be Force-sensitive with the same droids? No, it's just that Luke is the only one who seems to be able to talk to R2, other than Anakin. And Ray. Then again, it's force sensitive kind of thing. And right. Ray, and they make a point of showing that Ray can talk to the droid, like, and like Finn, and but yet then again, Finn well, can understand what BB is BB-8, but could not understand what he's saying though. I thought he just couldn't understand what Chewie's saying. I don't know. He doesn't understand Chewie, but he does talk to BB-8 at least in the way that BB-8's making motions and stuff. So. Thumbs I don't know. I mean, it's a good question, um, but I don't think that Finn is Force-sensitive at this time, personally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, All right. Well, that's, we, I guess we can we can talk about that more later. Uh, yeah. That's, that's a huge speculation topic. Yeah, it is. Um, let's move on from things that uh, did not happen rumor-wise. Let's think about, let's about things that they actually showed us in the trailer. Um, that that ended up being not shown in the movie itself, and uh, we talked about. Let's talk about the first one. We talked about how they showed Kylo Ren in the trailer from behind, um, without his helmet on, igniting his lightsaber when he's on um, Starkiller base there um, before the final battle. Do you? Why why do you think something like that got cut? I think that was a that was a really cool scene showing how the the lightsaber lights up. The way it does. I mean, I I love that shot. Yeah. I mean, like that's the shot that pretty much got everyone into. I mean, like, yeah, you saw Finn, you know, stand up as a stormtrooper. You're like, oh, stormtrooper. Oh, black stormtrooper. Okay, that's different. Then you saw the Millennium Falcon, and you're like, oh shit, that's crazy. But the biggest thing of all was seeing that shot in that first trailer. Like, that's the money shot of that very first trailer and not this I mean last Thanksgiving where everyone was like holy shit Star Wars is back and what yeah. is that lightsaber? <laughs> right and it, and it goes back to even like the Phantom Menace trailer where they showed Darth Maul oh, ignite yeah. both blades and it's like the money shot so it's like why does something like that get thrown out of the film? I mean it's, it's a shot that um I mean, a lot of these shots that are in the trailer are confirmed for deleted scenes now. So, um, at least for that particular shot, I think it was in the deleted scene as he's going to confront uh, Finn and Ray. Right, because he just shows up out of nowhere. Yeah, he just shows up. Yeah, um, and I think that was just him going in that direction. Mm -hmm. So... Uh yeah, what else? Next one is uh Luke's line, the the kind of the adapted Return of the Jedi speech that he gives Leia, um, 
and then he doesn't even end up speaking in this movie at all, which I'm fine with, which, like, just really makes the end of that movie even better because you know where she's going and that whole walk up the skeleton and he's there and that's it. <laughs> you, get the, you get the dumbfounded face almost from him and then it's over. Um, do you, would, you rather, would you rather see Luke say something or not? I mean, in the context of the movie that was presented, no. That line, you know, um, I have the force, my father has the force, now you have it too. I mean, that's a pretty powerful line, and it very much was like, wow. And, you know, you got to see that shot that does make the movie of his mechanical hand on R2 during, I don't know, rain or or whatever, but... um, Destruction of the Jedi Order. Right. It was it was fine that Luke didn't say anything. Um, I saw a meme today. It was a picture of him from the end of the movie, which is the, one of the first ones I've ever seen on Facebook today. But that's three weeks later, so we're doing really good. And it said, uh, "Luke Skywalker, hide and seek champion, 1983 to 2015." <laughs> so, so you guys have to check this out. Someone made a Twitter account called uh, "Lonely Luke Skywalker." Oh, really? So it, it has the most hilarious things. Like, I've been wearing this robe for 30 years. I should have picked an island that had, a, like, a store or something. But um, it, it has a lot of funny, like, little little tweets um, about, like, Luke. Uh, but I'm going to agree. I'm glad they didn't say anything. I mean, we're going to get a whole movie of what's that's going on. And you, uh, I loved, you know, that was everyone's question. And then it starts off. Even in the in the opening scroll, you know, that basically says, "Hey, he's in hiding." So you're not left wondering the first few scenes, "Where's Luke? Where's Luke?" You kind of know that. And in the end, when obviously R2 wakes up, you know it's going to be Ray. And so I, I thought it was a, a good good way to end it. Um, I, I felt one thing I felt with the, with this trailer and all these deleted scenes is, you know, sometimes you'll see a poster of like a movie and. You know, it, it'll say something about the movie that obviously has nothing to do with the... It's not a quote from the movie, you know. When all people, like... When the world's coming to an end, one man stands up. And it's like a poster of that guy or whatever. Um, and, you know, you don't see hear those lines in the movie, but you, the, the, the line gives you the idea that there's this one guy who's going to stand up against, you know, all the things that are... <laughs> So in a way, the trailer was filling in some of the blanks with with those lines. Like you kind of knew it helped hint. Yeah, you don't know if, if he was talking to Ray, but it, it helps hint it. And maybe by keeping it out now, we're still speculating. We're not at a hundred percent. And exactly. And, and you get all these scenes. Like honestly, I didn't even notice that that scene with with Kylo turning on the saber was missing the first time I saw it. Um, it wasn't until like it was mentioned later. It was like, hey, why did they put that scene? And then I was like, oh yeah, that wasn't it. Um, but it was already imprinted. It was like, um, you know, we didn't, you didn't really. It would have been cool to have it, but you didn't really need it there because you knew, you know, he's chasing it. I just uh, there's so many rules for the production and then things that you have to cut corners and uh, you know it sucked that they caught them and. It's unfortunate that we won't see them as a director's cut, but if they added on the deleted scenes, that'll be cool because at least you can always see them there. Um, and obviously, you always have the trailer you can see. All right. 
yeah, and then um, we'll get to those deleted scenes. We'll run through those quick uh, in a few minutes. Um, the next one, the next thing that we didn't see was during that whole Luke, mo the whole Luke speech thing was somebody handing Leia Luke's lightsaber. Now we know it was Maz Kanata. Right. Um, so there was this whole thing where Maz was supposed to go with him at the end of um, at the end of that battle, um, um, at, you know, outside her palace there. Uh, she was supposed to give the lightsaber to Leia, but I, I think it just moved along a lot nicer, giving giving uh, Finn the lightsaber to go battle everybody with um, and just moving it that way. Yeah, I was, you know, I was fine with, like, she was supposed to be there at the Resistance base, and, and JJ said, you know, they filmed it, she was supposed to be there, um, and then they kind of realized the same thing with Han. What do you do? You know what I mean? Like, we know Maz Kanata's going to show up again. She's going to say some Yoda-type shit. She'll, she'll be in the rest of the trilogy. But it's like this, like, Han Solo, with where they're going, what do you do with the character? And with Maz being there at the Resistance base, I mean, she's not going to jump in an X-Wing. You know what I mean? Like, Isn't she doesn't have any reason to be there. <laughs> It's fine. So, like, her not handing uh, Leia the, you know, the lightsaber, which then would probably go into the scene with Rey and Leia talking that I mentioned before, and then maybe um, she gives her the lightsaber. I, I don't know. I It doesn't... They just cut out in the middle, then. Literally, they cut out the middle. Because, obviously, Leia must have gave it to Finn after that, right? That's how it would have gone? No, it would have gone to Rey. And then Rey gives to it Ray. to Finn? How does Finn get it? He's the one Ma who has it. Maz gives it to Finn in the movie. Yeah. But in but in say if this deleted this if the deleted scene would have happened, um, Maz would have taken it with her to the resistance base, given it to Leia, and Leia probably would have given who know that, that would have made less sense. sense. Exactly. She would not nobody would like how does she get it when she goes to Starkiller Base? You know what I mean? So it's kinda like, yeah. like no why sense. why would Leia give it to 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 Ray, so I think it was just a much awesomer, like I, awesomer, whatever, better idea to to have to give it to Finn. Finn carries it, and then he loses in the battle, and Ray uses the Force power to pull it to her, showing that she's yeah. finally adapting to her powers. Yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was that excellent. that scene, that scene is awesome, and it just gives me the chills. You know, it's it's great. Uh, another Maskanada thing that was cut out was her line, "Who are you?" And Ray says, "I'm no one." Um, I you know, J I guess I read something where JJ went on record saying that they re just recorded certain lines just for, just the for the trailer itself. Yeah. So yeah, see that's um, exactly that's what I was saying. Like sometimes the trailer just kind of is, is supposed to act as a as an introduction in its own or whatever. Well, he also says that the people who cut the trailers go crazy sometimes and just do what they want to do. But, <laughs> um, I mean. <laughs> Star Trek Beyond trailer that just came out. Simon Pegg wrote the movie, didn't know the trailer, like what was going to be the trailer, and he said that it makes it look like it's an action movie. Yeah, I like, know. That trailer's no. horrible. does not do it justice. Yeah, he was like, this is not the movie. I guess they wanted to turn it into an action movie, but that's not the case. That's good. I didn't know Simon Pegg wrote that. Like, That kind of gives me, if he wrote that, then I, I have a lot, a lot more faith that the third one would, you know, is going to be decent. Um, yeah, but from that trailer, you cannot tell. Like I saw that trailer, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" I actually <laughs> thought the trailer looked. 
<laughs> Isn't Justin Lin directing that movie? Uh, I think so. Like uh, Fast yeah, and Furious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that movie's gonna be awesome. Yeah, well, I'm sure it is. It's um, probably we are saying like it didn't look as impressive as the first two. Right. We are in the wrong galaxy, my friends. Yeah, I know. Let's, Let's get back to the one yeah, from a long, the long time ago. <laughs> you guys want to do a Star Trek podcast? Future. I'm down. But today we talk about J.J. Abrams' other <laughs> reboot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Thank you, J.J. Abrams, for saving the sci-fi universe. <laughs> I know. Let's run through these deleted scenes. Uh, I know we're getting at our... Uh, <laughs> at our max length here, as uh, we always do with these Star Wars podcasts. Um, as I, I want to bring up my my favorite character, Constable Zuvio. I have several <laughs> versions of his toy. Um, no, I actually only have two. But um, the this is the big thing. This character, um, I really think that Jakku could have set itself apart from Tatooine more than it did in, in the movie. A lot of people complain that Jakku was a, a Tatooine clone. Yeah, there are some differences, but really, there's moisture evaporators everywhere, there's sand everywhere. Um, it's it's Tatooine. It's Tatooine, but I really would have liked to seen this more Wild West concept that I think J.J. was trying to bring about with uh, with like having the Constable Zuvio there and stuff like that. There's even that, that, that short story that was written for the Alien Anthology that they just put out um, called High Noon at Jack Who, which tells a uh, Constable Zuvio story. Uh, but you do, I believe you see him in Ray's vision getting cut down. Um, so he is in the movie, I think, for a second. But his main scene was um, was cut. I think that's when he was going to break up the fight between Ray and the, the thugs or something like that. I forget. But he's a cool looking character, and I really want to see the deleted scenes. Yeah, I mean, I feel really bad like when you see um, like prosthetics get cut. Because it's like somebody had to make that, someone had to wear it, someone did a whole scene in it, and then like it's gone. Like even like the rogue cut of like X Men, right? Like what's her Anna Paquin's in like half hour of the movie, and then she gets cut, and it's like, are you kidding me? It's yeah. so weird. But um, the rogue cut does not do anything really too much to add to that movie. No. All right. Um, but yeah, Council Zuvio. Um, the only thing that I'll say about that is that the toys look nothing like the figure or. Or the toys look nothing like the character. Like the character's colors were like purple and blue, and then you get like Boba Fett colors on the yeah. toy. Yeah, it's a li- the character in the movie is a lot more dynamic than the toy. Oh, yeah. I tell you, the toy looks it, six inch figure is nice. It's 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 nicely detailed, but whatever. I mean, he's cut. He's sitting on the pegs. End of story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another toy that I picked up that I was surprised did not make it into this the movie was the new snow speeder. Um, it was an Imperial Snowspeeder. I'm sorry, First Order Snowspeeder. Um, and there was actually supposed to be a chase scene um, when the snowtroopers chase Ray and Finn on Starkiller Base. Um, so that 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 just shows. I mean, there's another toy called Finn Speeder, which there is a deleted scene dealing with um, Finn catching a ride in a town, which I haven't looked closely at it yet. Oh, yeah, right. um, when, after he crashes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So I think maybe that was... Uh, another toy that was based on early concepts. I think that, like, I know there's the scene, there's the snowtroopers, they investigate them laying Falcon on Starkiller base mm-hmm. with Kylo Ren, and then when um, 
I believe it's when after Han dies and they're leaving, there's that there's a snow chase scene that will actually lead Ray and Finn into the woods. Okay. And it's like you know, like the opening credits of like a Bond movie sort of thing, where like they grab speeder, they grab speeder, and they go through there. That would have been fucking rad. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really cool. But uh, I mean, yeah, the Snowtrooper, uh, you know, it gets a six-inch figure, you know, and it looks awesome, but ultimately not in the movie. Well, the the Snowtroopers are. I mean, you see them in that whole speech that Hux does. Yeah. You see the uh, Snowtrooper. But it's just a way to sell toys. It doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. Um, same way, just by pulling the pauldron on them, I mean, they did that way more in these movies than they did with just the Sand Troopers in the in A New Hope. They had like they had like officers for like all everybody. So it was like, oh hey, do you want to buy another hot toy at three hundred dollars of this guy with a pauldron on his shoulder? Okay. Yes, they do. I do because it, <laughs> it looks awesome. But um, that's, that's that's a great way of merchandising right there. Yeah. How many first order troopers are there? <laughs> you know, um, no, go ahead. All I was going to say is uh, I was listening to Batman on Batman with Kevin Smith, and he was like, I want to see in Batman versus Superman, Batman and all of them change into outfits like three times in the movie. You know why? Because I'll buy every single one of their toys <laughs> as long as I see it in the movie. He was like, I've never seen you know, water action Batman. That's why I don't buy that fucking toy. If I saw him doing it in the movie, I would buy the toy for that. And it, <laughs> So if I see a dude with a bolster, whatever, shoulder thing, shoulder pads, fine. I saw that in the movie. Give me that toy. That's right. <laughs> um, moving on to, an, moving on to another... Uh, it's fine. That's a, that's, a good, that's a good rant right there. Um, is When we see the New Republic getting blown up, we see a character who's kind of like... Um, she's, she's right in the middle of everything. and like um, There's actually a deleted scene with her and Leia... Um, that she's she's part of the Senate or part of the newer like I think she's part of the Senate or one of the re- representatives. Um, she's Cor Sella is her name. There's a okay. conversation with her. She's a member of this Senate, and okay. uh, I remember looking at her like they they focus in on her and then like they blow up, and I'm like, who the hell is this chick? Yep. And apparently she's a uh, the Hosnian. Um, you know, just a hosing senator, yeah, ambassador. Um, they go more into her into that visual dictionary that you mentioned before, Moses. So apparently, she they was a major kept character. That scene. I, re- I heard about that too. They should have kept that scene because in the last uh, podcast we did, where we were talking about some of the negative aspects, uh, we all mentioned how Leia just didn't seem that important, even though she's like kind of in she had no there. Scenes. And yeah. so that would, you know, showing her dealing with the political aspects and stuff would have added a little more to her character. Um, I think you know if it gets to the point where they have to cut some scenes off, they're probably like, all right, who has a really big role in the next one? All right, you know, we'll just cut this. Yeah. And again, you shouldn't do this, but you know, sometimes you gotta just like when you watch Game of Thrones and and, and you see all the differences they do between the books, you gotta, you know, it's 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 a movie. It's, you know, there's rules and regulations and things that have to happen, and it's might not be picture perfect to our idea or even how they're planning and all the changes that happen. But you know, I walked away like happy, and so clearly they 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 didn't cut anything that 
Yeah, I mean, so, we're all still happy. It's it's nitpicking. <laughs> we got to nitpick, right? But, yeah, just going to the whole thing about Leia got a lot of things cut. I mean, there was a conversation between her and Rey. Uh, I believe it's, like, when it, it happens after she comes back from, when they come back from destroying uh, Starkiller. I think, like, Leia just, like, talks to her about Han, and they, I don't know, who knows, like, talk feelings. But, um... Yeah. The other thing is, like, she had a speech as well. Um, so it really just cut back on, like, maybe that's why Carrie Fisher has a little bit, a bit of angst towards what happened in the film and wants to talk a little shit, but, you know. Uh, or maybe maybe they cut the stuff because she had... <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't want to act like that. Well, you know, let's show you how easy it is to cut these scenes out. But like, but like you said, if they're going to concentrate on Luke and Leia's story in the next movie, then this movie was all about Han Solo. It really yeah, was. It was. Much. It was like if you want to it take was. one original trilogy character, you know, him and, him and Chewie are like peas and carrots. But um, you know, it was it was Han Solo's back. Han Solo's gonna die. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Han true. Solo's Han Solo's last ride. Very sad. Very very sad. Very sad. Uh, <laughs> that's super funny. Oh, um, and real quick, I just wanted to mention. A lot of this stuff gets expounded upon in the Star Wars Force Awakens novelization. Uh, that's going to actually be out. By the time we're recording this podcast, you guys will already be able to get it. It comes out on January 5th. So if you listen to the podcast, you're interested. Um, it's written by Alan Dean Foster. Yes. Alan Dean Foster wrote uh, the novelization. Yes, and he also did a Anakin and Obi-Wan book as well. Uh, and he's also done some other, like, Alien, the novelization, Aliens, the novelization. So, I mean, he's got a Riddick. He did the Chronicles of Riddick. He does a lot of novelizations, which... Um, What's a junior novelization? It's for, like, young adult? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Younger that's, than young that's adult? That's for kids. That's for kids. I just want to mention... Um, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was one of the very was may have been the first true expanded universe story that came out about Star Wars. It was the first book that was written outside of the movies. You're talking because, about EU now, right? Talking about the original expanded universe, yeah. yes. So it's he wrote that book, and so I really I'm really interested to see because about the novelization about the Force Awakens because there's a lot of stuff, uh, a lot more interaction between Snoke. And Kylo Ren um, talking about like the Vader heritage and stuff like that. So I always find that the books, you know, will um, give you a lot more insight into what happened than just the movie itself. And you know, I mean, when you if you listen to an audiobook of something, that's like 11, 12 hours comparatively to like watching a two-hour movie. You know, so it's 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 fun because a lot of times those those are dramatized as well. So I might check that out. Yeah. Yeah, I um I agree. What else is missing there? Or what uh, other Repio? Yeah, <laughs> he was cut big time. As as he should be. <laughs> Anthony Daniels did a lot of shit talking before before this movie got made or before the movie came out rather, where he was just like, I don't know. I think he thought he should have bigger scenes and be more important. And I you know he's in all six of them. I get it, but you're also not Luke Skywalker. 
It's, I, not, it's not that, though. I mean, that's the whole point. It's not about the old characters. They're there for the transition, but it's about BB-8 now. And it's about yeah. Poe. It's about, like... Just, oh, it's still, it's still about R2, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's still about R2. It'll always be about R2. R2's going to go, man. He's going to get blown up at the beginning. No way! He's, <laughs> he even goes with them to uh, Skellic Michael, so he's he's back in the fray. But, <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the unsung hero of the galaxy right there. He is. That, true, true. He ain't going anywhere. But um, I do want to mention that playing, I, I started the Rise or Rise Against the Empire playset for Disney Infinity today, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that Anthony Daniels, for the first time, does not do the C-3PO voice. So, Whoa. Uh, so yeah. I have to check. I have to check this out, but I don't, I I need to confirm it, but it's kind of weird. Um, so maybe, maybe he's cutting himself out. Who knows? He's in the Clone Wars, though. He does see three people in the Clone Wars. He has been doing it wow. for He's everything. He's been doing it forever. Yeah, and he does yeah. <laughs> So, hmm. that's interesting. All right. Uh, there's one last thing. Maz, Maz using force powers um, during that during that battle. Uh, so that right there, I. That's a theory, or is it no? That was scene? a deleted scene. Um, I'm really glad that's not in there because I find that like highly unlikely. I don't know why. I'm just like, no. I just like I get you can be force sensitive, but she uses the powers to stop stormtroopers in this deleted seas. Like there's a funny like back and forth between her and a stormtrooper. Um so I I I didn't know she had force powers. I, I guess, like, I, I just don't believe it. Sorry. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of like the idea that there are, I mean, you don't have to be a Jedi to have Force powers. Um, I kind of like the connotations that, I mean, I don't know. I think we mentioned this in, in one of the other casts that, you know, when, when Four came out, they made it seem like anybody can kind of connect to the Force if you just tried hard enough, or at least not tried hard enough, but you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> it was just like more, it wasn't like midichlorians, that's the whole point. Right. Um, and so the fact that she had like visions and stuff, and she and she says she's like, I'm not. I might not be a Jedi, but and I love that. Um, whether she had powers to that as well, I mean, I never thought about it. I think it'd be cool if she does. I mean, who knows? I'm sure that's my point. It's like a huge universe. There can be hundreds of people that are like super powerful, and they have nothing to do with the Jedi or the Sith. But I am glad they cut that out because I mean, just because it exists doesn't mean you have to show it at every like snippet. And I, I think that goes back to what I mentioned about maybe the three of them being Force-sensitive in a way. Um, yeah, if everybody can tap into the Force, like you're wishing, may the Force be with you, may, may the Force be with you, but yet some are more adept to it, and they can become Jedi Knights. Yes, so yeah, you can exactly. just You can just have high... It's it's like it's the same thing with like magicians or you know stuff like that. You can practice alchemy, but how much farther can you take it beyond that? Uh, I guess in like um, you know in fantasy and stories and like that. So yeah. So does does having that force tree around Poe when he's a kid make him more adept to the force? It may, it just allows him to be a better pilot, maybe. You yeah. know stuff like that. So the force is like the force surrounds us and it binds the galaxy together, as as Yoda says. So it's it's within every living being. It just depends on how like I said, adept you are to it. Yeah. 
Alright. I mean, I guess I can take it. I just... I guess my mind is that I've only seen Force users become Jedi or Sith. So... Mm -hmm. At least... Well, look, look at Leia. Leia uses her... Feeling the Force and feeling other Force people, I think, is a lot different than stopping a Stormtrooper from God knows what. Correct, correct. That's all I mean. That's true, yeah. Um... All right. So that's that's all those scenes. Um, so J.J. Abrams does not like to do director's cuts. He's not a big fan of them. Um, but wh- what do you think we'll see? Do you think that we'll see a director's cut, or do you think we'll see a Blu-ray with deleted scenes, or will you think Disney will um, love just milk our wallets and reverse a regular or release a re- regular version? And then an extended version down the road. Well, has Disney ever done extended versions or director's cuts? Not for Marvel. See, and they so also then, don't I, I, don't, do... I think they'd stick by their guns and not do it. I'm hoping they... I mean, is there any word on that they will be included as a, as deleted scenes, or are they cut-cut, like, gone forever? Um, there's going to be deleted scenes, like, on the Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Okay. The only thing is that Disney has been really shitty about their Blu-ray releases. Like, as far as, like, extras go, like, they're not even worth it, honestly. Like, a two-minute documentary sometimes, like, isn't enough for me when you know, like, especially with Star Wars, like, they're probably taking hours upon hours of footage. And I get it. It's an extra cost, probably, to get added on there, but... Well, you got to get the diamond charge... edition. Right, but, if you're, yeah, exactly. if you're going to spend $30 on a Blu-ray... Give me those extras. I'll pay. Yeah, it. no, agreed. That's fine. So, um, yeah, will we get a director's cut? Probably not. We're not going to get a Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings extended edition, but I would, I would still like to see like Constable Zuvio like in a deleted scene and stuff like that, and yeah. the snowtroopers and, and like even an animatic of that snow chase scene because someone storyboarded it. I'm sure. What That'd a, be pretty cool. What about some gag reels? Come on, Marvel has them. Sure I we'll want to see some Star Wars gag, gag reels. That'd be funny, man. That'd be awesome. The best. I, was I think reading, uh, there's actually uh, uh, there's prequel gag reels. So yeah, like, I guess Obi Wan and Anakin were when they were training and doing the choreography, they would always make the set like the with the lightsabers because they just did it during yep. practice. So when they were shooting, they'd still do the sound, and Lucas would be like, "Guys, stop yep. making noises." That's <laughs> funny. That's super funny, actually. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we gotta we gotta wrap up this episode. Um, so, you know, Towelites, stay tuned for episode four, uh, the Towelites return, um, <laughs> where we'll talk about uh, how how the Force Awakens kind of ties into the expanded universe of old, and how the new canon uh, will either you know in ways affect this, or how this will affect the new canon. And really, the future of uh, this trilogy, and I'm really excited to talk about that. So, uh, let's sign off, uh, Casey. Uh, where can you find us in the uh, in the blogverse? <laughs> uh, well, you can definitely find us on Facebook. Um, it's Facebook forward slash Don't Forget a Towel One. Um, you can go to don'tforgetatowel.com, the only place to travel geekly, which is our main website. We also have a donation page set up on there. Uh, if you'd like to, you know, support us, we can do kickbacks to the show, make it better, handle trafficking fees, stuff like that. Um, we're also on Instagram and the Twitter for uh, Don't Forget a Towel. That's right, and that's at D-F-A-T-O-W-E-L. Yes. Towel. 
Um, check us out on Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, rate us on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, ideas for future episodes outside the Star Wars universe, if you'd like, <laughs> or we can stay in it. I don't care. We could do this for years. Um, so yeah, uh, hit us up, uh, download us, and uh, let us know how we're doing. Uh, this is Chris uh, saying, "May the Force be with you," and I can't wait to see the Force wagons for the fourth time this week. Try saying that five times fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna yeah. say it once. <laughs> this is Moses, nice talking to you guys, and until next time. Yeah, this is Casey saying yub yub. Yeah.